The Sellouts is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know Nebraska football ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with pricing up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. In fact, I pulled up the GameTime app earlier this week on Wednesday and discovered tickets as low as $48 to see the Huskers and Hoosiers this weekend at Memorial Stadium. Once you've found the tickets you want, go ahead and click on the desired listing, finish your purchase using the really easy two-tap checkout. So head to the App Store or the Play Store now to download GameTime and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. Memorial Stadium. Since 1962. Since 1962. A sellout crowd. A sellout crowd. All sold out. Hey, we sold out, but we still saved you a seat. The sellout with Mitch Sherman and Max Olson. Hello again and welcome to the sellouts. Well, Max, there's never a dull week in Nebraska as we come to the end of week nine here in Lincoln, yeah. and there's all kinds of questions ahead of Nebraska's visit from Indiana. Yeah, no, no kidding. I, it's been. Uh, I, do you feel like it's been kind of an exhausting week already? And like we're we're only at Thursday at this point. Yeah, it has, it has, and and uh, we'll get to a bunch of that. In case you're wondering, I'm Mitch Sherman, my partner here, Max Olson, is with us as always. Read our stories on the Athletic. Today on the pod, we visit with Bruce Feldman, the esteemed national writer for The Athletic and college Fox College Football sideline reporter. We're going to talk quarterbacks between us. We also got into that with Bruce. We'll give something of an update on the Maurice Washington situations, and we will get to our predictions for Nebraska-Indiana. So we should start with the quarterbacks. This has been probably buried a bit this week amid the situation with Washington, but really, Max, I have no great sense of who's going to start for Nebraska in the shotgun on Saturday uh, afternoon. You know, for the first time, I would say in Scott Frost's 20th game at Nebraska, I I, I feel this way. You, You have Adrian Martinez, who's coming off of a knee injury, suffered back on October 5th against Northwestern. Noah Vedral, uh, perhaps injured late in that October 12th game against Minnesota. Mm-hmm. There's freshman Luke McCaffrey. Is is this going to be his time? Uh, could it be Andrew Bunch for some reason that that we don't understand right now? What what, <laughs> what do you think is going to happen on Saturday when Nebraska takes the field as an offense? Yeah, shoot. If if we knew that that Wandale was healthy, you'd you'd say maybe it's maybe let's go Wildcat this week, huh? I mean, but we don't even know if he's around. <laughs> So uh, no, I like no. the I mean, I, I, yeah. Go go ahead. I think he's probably not. I think of all the guys who were hurt, that Wandale Robinson is is perhaps the most unlikely to play just because of the nature of that injury and when it and when it happened. But well, that's okay, a different then, discussion. Then process of elimination then. And and what about Matt Masker? Can we get like super <laughs> long shot odds on him? You know, the odds are so long that Matt Masker is going to start at quarterback for Nebraska on Saturday that I think it would be like below, way below 1%. We're going to give some percentages, but Matt Masker, well, there, there is a category into which Matt Masker fits. So I, I'm, I'm curious, like, what, what do you think that, that it's, what kind, of a, what kind of a feeling do you have about the situation? I'm not asking for your prediction on who's going to start because we'll, we'll get to that when we do the predictions on the, on the game. 
but just I mean you've 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 been around you were around at the at the beginning of the week mm-hmm. um it's just odd. It's odd because we didn't. I didn't feel this way last year when Martinez was hurt against Troy. You knew it was going to be bunch. I didn't feel this way going into the Minnesota game. I knew it would be Vedral, but I don't. I don't have a good feeling for it. Well, and it it's tough because it, it, this is simultaneously it's a must win game, and you still and it's still one of five remaining. Right. So like you can't just say. Well, no matter what, it's got to be Adrian because we've got to win this game because, um, you know, <laughs> there's there's still a long stretch here and, and you certainly don't want to do anything uh, to get him even more hurt. And, 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 and certainly, I think Indiana and any other defense they play is going to be well aware of, of, of where Adrian Martinez is hurt and, and will, uh, you know, I, that will factor into how they attack him. You know what I mean? So I, I, I think you have to be careful there, even though this does feel like such an essential game for them and, and, and how they uh, finish out this season and, and trying to get to a bowl. Um, you, you also can't just throw caution aside. Um, I, I like that. Uh, I, so, so you mentioned prediction. I, I, I got to give a shout out to Josh Peterson who threw this out there. This, uh, his, his idea for let's put odds on this. He, he has no Vedral plus 100, Luke McCaffrey yeah. plus one ten, which is a little high, uh, or maybe not. Yeah. Uh, Adrian Martinez plus two fifty, and Andrew Bunch plus twelve hundred. That's um, it. It, <laughs> it does feel like uh, you know. It does feel like uh, I, I don't know what what you do with that. I mean, <laughs> I really don't. And and certainly, there's a lot of things that Nebraska has to fix this week besides the quarterback play. But um, this this is a make or break decision for the week. Yeah, I mean. I think those odds, Josh's odds have changed as the week went on because I saw them early in the week and they were, they were a little bit different and that's good. I mean, odds should change as the week goes on, week goes on and you get closer to the game and you get more information. You know, the only thing that I, the only thing I could read into was Mario Verduzco's mood on Wednesday when he talked to the media Mm -hmm. and he was for the first time this year I would say just a little bit short with the questions and it may just be that he's been asked it too much but he didn't it was different than when he talked about Noah Vedral before the Minnesota game and you could kind of sense some exuberance with him I think he was really excited to see what Noah was going to do when he got into that spot and while he wasn't saying that Noah Vedral would start because Nebraska doesn't make that kind of an announcement he, you know, you could hear in his voice some eagerness for what was going to happen, and and I almost kind of sensed some dread from Mario about uh, this week. Not that he was, you know, he wasn't angry, but it, he he wasn't he 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 seemed he just seemed a little bit down, and mm-hmm. I think they're they're worried about what you know. There, there's not a real good option here because none of the guys with experience are 100 percent healthy going into this game. No, it's true, and and you know. You mentioned the possibility of of a Luke McCaffrey who has not played any significant time at this point this season. This is not really one of those weeks where you can say, "Well, you know, if we go with Luke, then then we just need everybody else to to, to play well and and depend on the other ten around him." Because you still have a bunch of question marks at all those spots too that that you're having to work through over these two weeks off here. So, um, you know, it's are are you throwing a, potentially throwing a freshman into a situation where where he doesn't really have a lot of help um that you know that could spiral pretty quickly if he if he makes some freshman mistakes so um there's there's a certain part of this where it's like if if you have to go with Vedral or if you have to go with McCaffrey 
you, you kind of are all, you, you, you're not necessarily asking them to just kind of go be a game manager because they're going to need to elevate this offense a little bit because you just don't have the consistency at wide receiver right now. You, you're thin at running back. Um, your offensive line is is still trying to get some momentum. Um, you're, you're not setting one of these guys up to necessarily uh, succeed here, and and so their play is is really important. Yeah. So my my percentages as I broke it down, I didn't I didn't get into the odds um, the way that we discussed earlier, but mm-hmm. I put Vedral at fifty percent, and okay. you know that that's that's um, he's kind of the favorite, I suppose. Martinez, I said thirty. Um, I'm going with some. Some kind of a Vedral McCaffrey combination at ten percent. Um, McCaffrey alone as the guy with no availability for Noah and Adrian at eight percent. Broken this okay. one way down, and then an off the wall um, situation at two percent, and that would be like like Ron Wandale. Kellogg comes back or something, or what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean remaining eligibility. Matt Masker would fit into that into that <laughs> realm there. Um, Wandale as the Wildcat. Patrick um, O'Brien shows up and and, and gives you. <laughs> he's having start. a good year. I heard at he's Colorado having State. a solid year at Colorado State. Yeah. yeah, yeah, something like that. I mean Harrison Beck off the bench, I think, would be uh-huh. appropriate here. So yeah, any 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 kind of um, any kind of an odd an a odd Breon Carnes revival maybe. Yeah, I could see current, it. I could see it. Current sure. players at two percent. So that's, <laughs> okay, um, I like we'll that. Get more into that. Yeah, we'll get you want to hear mine at the end of the show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, go, give it to me. Okay, I, I'm going to say. Vedral, forty three percent. All right, I'm gonna go Martinez, thirty one percent. Don't feel very good about that. I'm uh-huh. gonna say McCaffrey like ten percent, and then like some sort of multiple quarterback situation like sixteen percent. Uh, yeah. Where I and, and and honestly, like I could see that, I could see that being a little bit more reasonable too. And it, like if if you just say. If they if they determine Adrian's out for this game, just just bottom line out, can't play in it. You know, maybe with, with the four game redshirt um, at your disposal here, you say, hey, let's let's add some things to the package for McCaffrey and have Vedral start. Not to, not to say they're that they're totally different players, but um, you know, maybe there is some sort of combination, uh, or, or or maybe you go with one guy and then have to go to another if you're having some struggles early. I, I think there's a decent chance there's more than one here. Yeah, I mean, McCaffrey's kind of a package unto himself just because of his athleticism. So right. even if you're running your normal offense with Luke McCaffrey, it's going to be different than what it is with with Noah Vedral. So, hey, by the way, you, you said at the yeah. beginning of this podcast, who, whoever starts in the shotgun, maybe they just go all-out option for this one. <laughs> or all under center. Uh, uh, I'm, I, that's what I'm saying. Maybe it's maybe yeah, this right. is triple option week. Yeah. Well, I, I'm... I'm interested. I'm excited to see what it's going to be. You know, there's a lot of intrigue and suspense going into this Indiana game. We've got to have something to look forward to with uh, the team playing on offense like it has the last three weeks. So Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Okay, join Grace Rayner and Nicole Auerbach on our Athletics Clemson Tigers podcast, Protect the Rock. Grace and Nicole were joined by ex-Tigers running back C.J. Spiller on yesterday's podcast, so you certainly don't want to miss that. Protect the Rock releases twice weekly on Mondays and Thursdays. Click the follow button on the show page when new episodes release. All right, Max, we are really excited to bring Bruce Feldman into the podcast today. Bruce, of course, is a national writer for The Athletic and also does sidelines for Fox on 
TV on the weekends, has been around the Nebraska program a bit this year. Bruce, you know, really the first thing I wanted to ask you was when you when you see Nebraska now, the numbers, the four and three record, losing big at Minnesota after what you experienced around this team back in July at Big Ten Media Days and then in person in Boulder in week two, what are you know, what are your impressions? How do you how do you feel about the the way that this has gone in Lincoln? I think it's been kind of underwhelming. I mean, to be blunt, I, ex- I expected them. I didn't know if I expected them to be a playoff contender or anything like that, but I, I thought they would be a lot better. And I think they're just a little better at this point. You know, I was at, I, I saw you at the, uh, at the CU game in Boulder and I felt like there was a lot of good in the first half and a lot of not so good in the second half. And I feel like it's been kind of that way. And I think what you've seen is a, is a young team with a lot of growing pains and I get it when you're when you're uh when your offense is kind of really inconsistent that's how it feels you know they have some speed obviously Adrian's talented but now he you know when he doesn't play they I, I was surprised at how much they got blown out by Minnesota I get it Minnesota's undefeated yeah. and they're ranked we had Minnesota week one against South Dakota State and they more than had their hands full there. I don't think this is an Ohio State that got blown out. So, um, you know, I, it's like I said, I think it's been underwhelming, to be honest. You know, Bruce, you've, you've spent a lot of time around Scott Frost um, since he got to Nebraska. You, you know what he's uh, trying to build. Um, you know, what's been your take on, on the job he's done thus far? And I guess kind of what are you expecting in terms of how he handles uh, this final stretch of year two as, as they try to uh, – try to, to scrap their way to six wins to me max the thing that really jumped out at me and i think you and i were in lincoln the same time uh you know a spring and a half ago i don't know what it is probably 18 months ago and i was just kind of wowed by how much confidence every person in that program especially on the staff had that wasn't like well we're going to do this and this and this and, and hopefully that'll work it was a com- total belief that you could feel from them that this is going to get going and it's going to get going sooner than later. And again, I, I'm not, a, I'm not skeptical that it's going to, whether it's going to work out or not, I still think it will, but I think there's probably been more growing pains at this point than, than I expected it at least this year. Again, uh, the West, the Northwestern team that they beat but barely beat, that's a bad football team right now. They're pretty good on defense, but they're horrible on offense. And and uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just I just look at them right now. And the, the road to the rest of the season, not just to get bowl eligible, but, you know, Indiana has had a nice season, but it's a home game. You should, you know, I think you should win that. Purdue has been terrible. I guess that's, you know, that's a road game. And you have a road game at Maryland. Really, there's only one team I look at and say, okay, well, you know, Wisconsin's a really tough matchup. I mean, Iowa's got to go there. I mean, by then, that right. that's definitely a winnable game. So I look at that and think it's not, you know, it's not out of the realm that they can get to eight wins. But I think I think if they get at least bowl eligible, that's an improvement. It's just compared to where a lot of us thought they were going to be, it's going to seem a little watered down. Yeah, to, to your point, Bruce. You know, everyone around the Nebraska program, I, I believe, was was stunned with how things went at Minnesota. And you you were you saw Northwestern just this this past week, correct? At at home against Ohio State. 
Yeah, I mean, those are two two teams that Nebraska struggled with. One you'd expect, and 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 one you would not. So it's been a strange ride, strange ride for sure. And you know, one of the guys who is in the center of of some of the the oddness is Mario Verduzco, uh, Nebraska's Nebraska's eclectic quarterbacks coach. And and you you've got amazing in, insight into Mario too. If you're listening to this and have not read Bruce's profile on Mario that published in July on The Athletic, uh, go read it. It's worth the subscription alone. Um, you, you know, you you shed so much light on Mario in that, pre, on, in that piece. One of the things that I noticed w- was, or I came out of that a- after reading it, believing is, is how amazingly regimented he is with, with everything from his training to his off-field stuff with the quarterbacks, which, which is great when things go as planned, but this has been a year where it's gone, it's been off course. Even when, even when Martinez has been healthy, it's been a, a strange year for him, and you saw some of that in the second half at, at Colorado in person. How, how do you feel like Mario works when he's got to make adjustments to that routine and that regimen that's, that's been it's so ingrained in him? Yeah, that's a good question because I think what we're seeing right now is a lot of growing pains. Whereas, and I wasn't around them at, at UCF at all, so I can't really speak to, you know, similar. It was a two year rebuild, and Mackenzie Milton, and they got it going mm-hmm. and, and they got it cranked up in a hurry. Whereas here, and granted, you know, Adrian has been banged up this year, but I think that's the part where you're trying to figure out, okay, is there a little disconnect here or is this the part where it's just, okay, you know what, this is what happens with young quarterbacks playing in a, in a, uh, in a power five conference. And if things, everything doesn't go exactly great. And I think, you know, if there's something, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's how do you sometimes adjust and are there things where you're like, Hey, you know what, this is something maybe I haven't quite seen before or this is a circumstance that maybe instead of doing it this way maybe we adjust this and that's that isn't something that that I feel like I don't don't want to say it was not expected but it just seems like it's something where it's like okay here's a curveball how do we how do we adjust to it and I think one of the challenges sometimes is do we look at it and say okay in the short term are we doing some things where you know what, maybe this is going to pay off. Maybe this won't, maybe this will pay off down the road, but we're going to take our lumps with it. And I don't know the answer to that right now, because again, uh, you know, I saw, um, it's just been a lot of inconsistent play. And I think there's a lot of people looking going, man, I thought he, he was sharper than this last year. And I, and maybe some of that had to do with you have Stanley Morgan and you had some more proven guys and maybe a little more experience. I don't, I don't know. It's like none of that stuff happens right. in a vacuum. So uh, I'm interested to see, you know, where the long-term play is. And I'm not even talking about like next year. I'm just talking about like, you know, what happens in November when this thing is, is it, is it, you know, something where there's, is, is it get back to, is some confidence shaken? Like what are, what are all the things that happen in there that can get, get people off track? Yeah, sure. It's a fair point. Um, you know, in looking at Scott Frost and, and and them kind of working through the growing pains, as you said, uh, you know, curious for your thoughts as, as we've seen uh, a lot of second year head coaches in, in high profile spots 
um, dealing with the same thing. You know, you've got got Chip Kelly at UCLA, you've got Willie Taggart at Florida State, Jeremy Pruitt at, at, at Tennessee, Jimbo Fisher to some degree. Um, you know, not to say all of them have struggled because Mario Cristobal and, and Dan Mullen have have found success, but um, you know. <sighs> How do you kind of size up the these second year guys, and, and how much do you think second year success for these guys kind of uh, portends the the long term uh, outlook here? Well, obviously they all come in at different circumstances. The 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 outlier sure. of that group that you mentioned, I you know I would take Jeremy Pruitt out of it just because he's a first time head coach. Whereas those other guys, they're all proven head coaches. I think you have to give them more flexibility and and more time because. They're proven commodities. They not to say that you know guys who guys who uh, had coached someplace else maybe they take another job. I mean, it's hard for me to sell mm-hmm. that to Nebraska fans. Where Mike Riley did a really nice job in Corvallis. I don't know if I, you know people feel the same way about Mike Riley in the state of Nebraska. You know, sometimes it doesn't work the second time. But I go back to head coaches. Typically, are very stubborn people. Mike Leach is as stubborn as they come, and mm-hmm. he really struggled in his first couple of years in Pullman. And people were like, "Well, the game's caught up to him, and a lot of people are doing what he does." And then by year four, it it's as good as he ever was in Lubbock. And I, I still think you gotta keep that stuff in mind. And and look, college football more so than probably any other sport because it's a shorter season and there's less of a sample size we overreact i mean i'm guilty of it as much as anybody of one game or two games or how you know a bad month and you know it's just one of those things where i think you look at teams and you're like well okay we expected them to be a lot better and maybe we were wrong i don't know i mean i i do feel like some of that vibe was coming out of was coming out of there too. It wasn't just like the media was taken and the coaches were like, whoa, pump the brakes. We're really not that good. Sure. You know, so some of that I think factors into it. And again, I, you're right. I mean, the, a lot of these places, I think you see growing pains bec- in year two, especially now both a lot of those guys you mentioned really struggled in year one, but I think it's a combination of sometimes mm-hmm. the old staff, it's the end of their recruits and it's like that gap in between where some of your young guys, you're either playing freshmen, retro freshmen or sophomores and counting on them heavily, or you have a, uh, you have a long-term play. And I think in the case of, of a lot of these, and look, I've seen a lot of UCLA and I've seen not quite as much, but a decent amount of, of Nebraska. Um, they're playing a lot of guys who are, they think are going to be really, really good players a year from now. And right now they're taking some lumps. On the subject of, of, uh, Guarding against overreactions, do we just go ahead and and take the Big Ten trophy to Columbus right now? You saw them Friday night in in Evanston. How how good is Ohio State, and can anybody challenge them the rest of the way? Right now, they've been the most impressive team. I mean, we saw Oklahoma in late September and just eyeballing both of them. I think Ohio State is a better team. They're a bigger, faster uh, team, and they're playing with a ton of confidence. They're playing a lot looser than what I saw uh, last year. Certainly we had that Nebraska-Ohio State game, and I think as you all know, Nebraska could have won that game. And that was Ohio State coming off a bye week after getting their butts kicked by Purdue. Uh, We had them against Indiana last year. They really struggled with the Hoosiers. And so just seeing what they did. Could have lost to Maryland. They certainly could have lost to Maryland, yeah. So this is a different team. 
I think because of they're still really talented. I think that that uh, Ryan Day's made some very very smart hires. Talking to Jeff Halfley, who's really runs that defense. He came from the NFL, and he's like, look, I feel like if you try to out scheme people, that especially if you have a lot of athletes, that's that's problematic. He said, we're going to focus on the fundamentals and play really smart and be technically sound and really be a good tackling team and commit to that and maybe simplify some stuff. And it's paying off. So I would not bet against them against anybody in the, in the Big Ten. I certainly think Penn State has enough speed and athletes. I just think that they're not going to get them at a, at a whiteout in Happy Valley at Saturday night. I mean... I don't know. I just think the way the schedule sets up, maybe the toughest game for them is going to be against Michigan. And Michigan got a, you know looked a little better last week in losing at Penn State than they certainly did against Wisconsin. They're going to have to get a lot better than what they've been. And I just don't see somebody somebody picking them off. I don't see Wisconsin doing it this week, and I definitely don't see Minnesota if they get them in the in the Big Ten title game doing it now. Once you get into the playoffs, if they do, then you have a bunch of super heavyweight kind of guys with relatively comparable athletes. But right now, they've been the most impressive team I've right. seen, and it's not even close. Okay, thanks so much for joining us, Bruce. Listeners, check out Bruce well everywhere. His stories on The Athletic, sideline reporting on Fox College Football, and with Stuart Mandel on their podcast, The Audible with Stu and Bruce which airs weekly on the Athletic Podcast Network. Hey, thanks, Bruce. Thanks, guys. Okay, Max, Scott Frost talked again about Maurice Washington late this week after his comments Monday that Washington was not practicing with Nebraska, that he was out of the mix for the foreseeable future because he had crossed some sort of, quote, non-negotiable line unrelated to his pending California court case. On Thursday, Frost said that he planned to talk to Washington again and that if the troubled running back wants to rejoin the team, he's going to have to earn back some trust that has been lost. You know, my, my, my only thought on this is that Scott Frost is really good at saying nothing when asked questions, whether it's about injuries or game plans or whatever mm-hmm. it might be on a week-to-week basis. So why does he continue to talk about Maurice Washington here uh, late in the week after, after uh, taking some heat on Monday for his comments? What, what, what's your take here? Yeah, I, it, it kind of... It, not to answer your question within the question, but it, it, it does make you wonder sort of why, why is the door still open? You know, um, I, as he said on Thursday, uh, you know, I, I think it's probably fair to infer that, uh, you know, the, the guys in the locker room <laughs> I, I have kind of understood that Maurice Washington has quit on this team. And, and, and when he talks about uh, having to earn their trust back and, and, and do a lot of that kind of stuff, um, I, I, I'd be curious how if if you uh, if you pulled Nebraska players, kind of how they feel about this situation and and whether whether they want Maurice back. Um, that's that's something that uh, you know I I don't know why why we're still discussing it though. Honestly, if if, if you're Frost, um, certainly he's he's pr- made it pretty clear that if he's he's not in the plans and he's he's not with them, uh, then they just need to move on uh, at least for this season and and revisit this down the road. Uh, or revisit it after the court case is, is settled, or, or, or whatever. I, I don't know why this is. I, I, I would imagine they don't want this to be a thing they're they're dealing with, uh, you know, frequently in November. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, he's continuing to push this down the road, and you know, I I, I guess I'll just keep this short. My 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 thought is pretty short and sweet. Like I like I think Scott Frost should have been today. 
I think his answer to the question today should have been, I've said everything I'm going to say about that, and if there's something to tell you, if we have a, if we have a change, then I will let you know. You know, I'm not as a member of the media, I'm not usually an advocate for coaches saying less than what they say, but I, you know, I don't, I don't feel like there was a whole lot of good that came from from him uh, expounding today on what's going to happen and what his plans are with with Washington. But we will continue sure. to ask, and maybe he'll continue to answer. So something to watch. Okay, to end this thing today, we are going to get to predictions, and we want predictions today on a quarterback and a score for this game. So Nebraska's trying to avoid the dreaded 4-4. Four and four. It has uh, not been sitting at 500 since the week before week uh, of the Northern Illinois game when, the, when it, they were 1-1. They were one one. So do they go back to 500? Do they make it to 5-3 and, and get within a game of bowl eligibility? Max, what's the score for Saturday, and who is the starting quarterback for the Huskers? Okay, I've got. I, I'm going to go with Nebraska a little bit uh, uneasily, you know, reluctantly. I'm going to say 27-24 Nebraska. My my justification for that, I, you go back and look at, at Tom Allen, the Indiana coach, his his record in the Big Ten. Um, he against against Rutgers, Maryland, and Illinois. Uh, he is six and one, and, and against every other program in the Big Ten, uh, he is zero and fifteen so far. And you could say, hey. Yeah. Nebraska is in a bad spot right now. Maybe Nebraska is playing kind of like a an Illinois or a Maryland right now. Um, but I, I I would think Nebraska has to get up for this one. They've had two weeks to kind of uh, patch some of the holes in the boat here a little bit. I, I would imagine um, that that they have put a lot of thought into this plan. And uh, I, you know, honestly, I, I'm, I'm curious to see what kind of atmosphere they actually have in Memorial Stadium. On Saturday, because you you do feel like some apathy is, is starting to set in a little bit here, but uh, I, I think Nebraska does enough defensively uh, to keep this game close and, and and survive in the end. Okay, so Max goes twenty seven twenty three Nebraska. I'm going to say twenty seven twenty seven twenty four Nebraska. Yes. I'm going to say twenty seven twenty one Indiana. I know that's uh, yeah. I'm going with the Hoosiers, and I think Nebraska right now fits into that category. That traditionally has been held by Rutgers, Maryland, and Illinois. I mean, who we who are we to talk down about Illinois? Look at what the Illini did. Love, I mean, Lovey's Lovey's got week. it rolling now. You're right. Yeah, contract extension upcoming for for Lovey Smith after the big win <laughs> Four more years. over Wisconsin. And I'm going to go with Noah Vedrill as uh, as the starting starting quarterback for Nebraska. Oh, I'm sorry, Saturday. I didn't pick a quarterback, did I? Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh... I'll say mostly Vedral, but not all Vedral. Not not so. Not are you going? No, well, I mean, you need to. Are you going with like some bunch in there with Vedral? Uh, a little, some? maybe a little, a uh, uh, little McCaffrey action. Yeah. Okay. Little Luke game number two for Luke McCaffrey. You know, I I think, I think they're going to hold him out. That's just it's it's a weird thought. I think they're going to hold him out because they know they have him for three more games, and there are there are some concerns about about Adrian and him coming back from this thing and and I, I think they're gonna try to they're gonna try to get through this one without without McCaffrey and, and as you heard in my prediction it's gonna come back to to bite them on Saturday. Okay. All right. So we're, if you're if we're gonna uh, bet it. it like that, then we need to like probably put something on it, right? So yeah, we what? tried this before and you want to do like a like a come through like a burger at the mill or a coffee at the mill or something? Yeah, we yeah yeah the mill the mill is gonna be our is gonna be the payoff. Or how about a you know um, we went to Witch Witch. You want you want to say a, a Witch Witch sandwich bet on this one? 
Do you have another? Do you have another um, something else you like down there in in the rail yard where we could go? I mean, you're you're yeah, the Lincoln resident. Like what? I mean, you. How about the winner of the bet gets to pick where we go, and it'll it'll just be a lunch. How about that? Okay. All right. All right. Can can okay. I get like well, a lot of beers with that lunch, or is it just a normal lunch? What are, what are we talking that's, here? You know, I mean, if if you feel comfortable <laughs> having a bunch of beer with your lunch, then I'm, <laughs> this is going to be on like probably during the week. I'm just but, wondering if yeah. like when when I win this, like can I really rack up the bill, or are we going to keep it pretty modest? That's that's all I'm asking. It's got to be under twenty five, I'd say, and you you can get a lot. So okay, whatever you Mitch. want to get, if you want to you want to order like five beers, then go for it. Um, Maybe I all will. right. Okay. Thanks, uh, thanks everyone for listening today. Please subscribe to our show, download it, listen on your commute at the gym, on an airplane, wherever you are. Subscribe to The Athletic and get our Monday show on The Athletic app. You can find it in the podcast section or as part of the Nebraska football feed. Thanks again to Bruce Feldman. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the football. Thanks, everyone.